0: Welcome to Rebel Health Radio, bringing the best in alternative and integrative medicine to your ears. Hi everyone, Patricia Warby, Alchemy Therapies, my emotional audit, and now emotional masterclass. And today I want to talk about a, an interview that I watched last week with John D. Martini and Brian Rose of London Real. Now I'm a great fan of London Real. I'm actually an investor as well. Um, because it's a, it's a fantastic forum for people who perhaps wouldn't be heard elsewhere. Uh, I've done a review already on Dr. Geva Mate and now it, it's John Martini's turn to be interviewed. Uh, and I've watched, I've probably watched three quarters of it. Uh, it's a very long interview. The original is over two hours and 12 minutes, I think. Um, the YouTube shortened version is 45, and I'll I'll put the links to that in the description here. The link to the longer version is in the description of the YouTube video. So you can follow that if you uh, feel inspired to watch the whole interview. But um, now I- I'm familiar with John Demartini's work. Um, he's wow. a self-described uh, teacher, writer, researcher. That's the three things he kind of focuses on he travels the world um, gathering information and disseminating information on how to master your life and kind of um, understand the way your mind and your body work. And uh, in the past, I must admit, having watched him, I'm somewhat um, sometimes a bit feeling like he, he is egotistical in some way. That was definitely my view before I watched this Um, because he's so well learned. He's, a polymath he just reads and takes in information uh, at a level which I can only kind of look back and think wow if, if I could do that that would be amazing and I'm considered something of a polymath myself um, but his brain is just so absorbent he seems to take in information and be able to uh, arrange it in ways that make it understandable to people um, and in this interview I found him very uh, approachable actually and I've sort of revised my opinion of him uh, completely um, and, and I want to sort of, sort of give my view on, on what came up because, uh, as you know, I do a lot of um, presentations on mind and the body and connection and the importance of healing. And I loved it that he started really with gratitude as a synchronizer. Think about that. We're all told that feeling gratitude is a good thing. Okay, so writing a gratitude diary is often given as a sort of therapy to people because... the natural negativity bias of our brain we tend to focus much more on what's not working in our lives and what's going wrong than we do on things that are going well and things that we kind of could spend our energy more wisely on um thanking the people in our lives when perhaps they are they're there to show us or teach us stuff and we're just not awake enough to notice and and we kind of distract ourselves in other ways and and don't pay attention to the right things so But I loved the idea that it's a synchronizer of energy that brings to you more of what you want. If you think about people who focus all the time on uh, their problems, um, and you could say that I do that for a living. I focus on other people's problems. I do because I focus mainly on childhood trauma. Uh, But I I need to move them on from that because if you focus on what's wrong, that's all you're going to ever attract Uh, to you in your life and your life is going to be full of problems and it's going to be repeating problems of the same sort with different characters and that's what I see so we have to move people beyond that into a state of gratitude Uh, and and that's an active state actually that's not just like feel more kindly towards people this is actually something you have to actively pursue and, and sit and think about or write down you know what's working in my life right now what works here what's good and who do I need to thank here you know thank the people around you if if they've done a good service or they've um, given you something that you didn't have before I mean I'm always thanking my clients because they teach me so much um, about the human condition and sometimes they give me wisdom and awareness of things that I you know I can only know so much and I can't know it all. So it's it's wonderful to be able to say thank you. That was really great. And I do try and do that after sessions with people, you know, really appreciate that. And, and it gives them a sense of being heard as well. So um, I thought I thought that was really good as an attractor. We might look at it in the light of the um, the law of attraction, which you may have heard of. You know, but so so being in a space that feels congruent with you, that's the other thing he was talking about. And he was saying most people are out of alignment with who they really are, which I would agree with. And they're in a delusion, basically, um, of unrealistic expectations. Think about that one. So we're expecting other people to act in ways in which we would act. Or in ways that we expect. And so we're in a delusion that's uh, aligning with a value system that we can't possibly know because we're never in someone else's life. And each of us has different values and what we value, we surround ourselves with. That's another thing that Martini teaches actually. And I'm thinking, what do I surround myself with? Well, books, plants, <laughs> um, my plans. This is the emotional audit. And uh, that's kind of, yeah, my teaching, my teaching, my researching, my writing uh, and my love of nature and all, all the organic, earth oh, uh, you know and what grows here and what lives here so he's absolutely right um he's saying that if we're if we're in that delusion though and we're not in alignment with our values then we we tend to uh, undermine ourselves in our relationships um uh, we're stuck in blame you know it was their fault i didn't get this it's, it's my teachers my parents you know And I'm very clear when I work with people, it's nobody's fault. And and we have to learn to take responsibility for our lives as adults. We can't do that as children. We're very dependent. But as adults, we have to move beyond our past as the definition of who we are and into our current awareness of who we could be if we were living in alignment with who we truly are beneath the mask, the mask that we needed to wear in order to survive. So. Uh, we, transcend, we transcend our limitations when we come into true alignment with our values. And most people have no idea what their values are. They've never looked at them. Um, they don't know that values exist particularly. Um, so say one of your values is education, which clearly that's one of mine. Um, authenticity, it turns out, is my top value. So it means I don't necessarily conform um, because it's not authentic to me to just say, oh, yes, because you believe that I've got to particularly if there's the whiff of hypocrisy around it, which I'm detecting a lot these days. Um, So it's kind of learning to find your own authentic voice and what you believe and what's important to you and what lights you up. And that inspires you quite literally. Think of that word break that apart it brings spirit in it inspires you and in inspiring you you help to inspire others because you're coming from a place that is congruent energetically and you will know that when you meet people who talk in it you know in authentically um i hope i do um but it's you know if we look at our politicians for instance you know i think we can see the inauthenticity of most of those people because they're they're in the the miasm or or the kind of delusion of power Um, i'm powerful Uh, i don't want to name names Uh, i could but in in the british system you know our government is populated by people who tend to be very attracted to the idea of being powerful and actually the idea of serving others although they give lip service to that is not actually what they spend their time and attention on. And, and you see that because they often depart, you know, they get sacked or they <laughs> resign. that has been happening recently and then they go on and they create a life. That's all about who they were um, in, when they were in power, because power was their top kind of uh, value, if you like. And, and so we see the inauthenticity and maybe we notice that more often than we do authenticity because it, frankly it's more common um, to see people who are being inauthentic and power driven and out of alignment with the true kind of nature of humanity which is that we're not we shouldn't have power over each other we should empower each other that's what we should be doing but here you are here we are so what i teach people um and what john was saying is to honor yourself and your authentic values above all things and first of all you need to find out what they are and so Uh, When people work with me, they'll get an exercise called the value exercise, which is a way of finding out your values, because as I've said, most people have no idea. Um, Then we'll look at maybe um, how you are honoring those in your daily life, because a lot of people may say, oh, health is my highest value. I used to say that health is my highest value, but I would not spend money on myself to keep my health good. I would not Go and seek treatment other than free treatment which is available in the uk on the nhs which is a form of disempowerment actually because uh what the nhs prompts is actually a, a disempowerment it, it largely tells you what organs you need to remove and what drugs you need to take um, rather than what can you do to help keep yourself healthy which is a totally different story so honoring yourself honoring your values living authentically actually uh, magnetizes opportunity I loved that um, that's what he said uh, magnetizes opportunity so in other words it, it gives energy to more things to come your way that actually are part of your growth and part of what you're here to do um, which is to empower others to give value to others we are given meaning by that you know if you think about the most meaningful things in your life they're not about the money you accumulated Um, That may give you a very short-term gratification, a hit of dopamine, but then after a while, you know, how many cars can you have? Um, How much money can you have sitting in the bank? If it gives no meaning to you, it is pointless and purposeless. And he was also saying about um, social media and how, you know, it's just a medium like anything else. It's neither good nor bad. It has good things in that he can now teach across the world to, he, he quoted 75 million people, uh, or was it 57? Sorry, 57 million people he was able to lecture to the other day from his hotel room. I, I was knocked out by that. 57 million people across the world. Amazing, amazing. But it also gives us uh, some negative impacts in that it is uh, an opportunity to compare ourselves with far more people if we allow that. You know, if we're just scrolling mindlessly looking at, at people posting um, you know very unrealistic accounts of their life you know it's all the good stuff and it's all perfection it's all aimed at being more perfect and bigger and better than everyone else you know these these ideals of beauty and achievement without context so you don't know what they're struggling with you don't know the bad stuff so values are completely absent from the the images we're being see- projected and we're be- being um, you know we're looking at So uh, one important point was we're not here to compare ourselves with with others, but we're here to compare ourselves with our own actions. How are our own actions matching our values? How are we honouring those on a daily basis? And that really is something that makes this an active state rather than just a passive one of, well, I do this for a living and that's enough. It's like Does that really work for me? Is it still working for me? Because sometimes you can go into something and it it appeals to your values when you're young. But as you age, your values are subtly changing as you're growing and learning about life and who you are. And maybe your role no longer sustains you, no longer gives you meaning. That certainly happened to me. And I had to get out eventually from what I had been doing, which was university health research which you know, gave me loads of great experiences. And I am really grateful for what I learned doing that. But it became incongruent with who I now am. So um, values, living in alignment with your values gives you a sense of expansion. It gives you possibilities. Uh, I myself at the moment, and obviously I'm podcasting. I've been doing that for a number of years. And you know, some of you listening to this will be aware of that. Uh, But I'm also venturing into new fields where I'm approaching more people and I'm creating new material for people to come across me in ways that perhaps they wouldn't be aware of me before uh, via YouTube uh, in one way and also the books that I write. So I'm reaching out to new audiences because I want to expand the number of people that I can interact with in a positive way, not just me as a sort of teacher or guru but to learn also from others and and what's great about that is it isn't just a form of building um, self-esteem which it does do uh, but it also allows you to uh, live harmonically well in your body so your body physiologically changes to give you more energy when you're in congruence Now, that is something that people with chronic fatigue or or fatigue-related conditions like long COVID and um, fibromyalgia and all the other things that we're seeing more and more is is a direct response to you're out of alignment with something in your life. And you're disempowered in some way, and your body is just a real-time readout of what's going on in your mind and um, your consciousness. So... Uh, And he was talking about the executive function in the brain and how um, the prefrontal medial prefrontal cortex is actually talking and inhibiting your your kind of fear center, your amygdala response, which is where people um, tend to react from when they are out of alignment. And they'll get, you know, all sorts of addictions and habits that don't serve them. You know, they'll come home after a day at work and they'll just mindlessly watch TV or scroll on, on a device, which is what I was doing, you know, because you're trying to numb the the feeling of being out of kilter with your life and that that this isn't possible for you. Um, so it's really what he was saying was a real time feedback loop from your body, Um your mind and body to tell you that something's wrong and you need to look at stuff and so that's very much what I do with people it's not just I help them heal um, their fatigue I actually get them to live an authentic life for them and many people have no idea what's authentic for them we have to go back to usually early childhood before the conditioning the social conditioning the schooling which teaches you as John said, to be a drone. Um, You know, the schooling system is all about conformity and very little about um, thrival. He used the word thrival. I was so happy. It's a word that I thought I'd coined um, because it doesn't exist in the dictionary, but he used it. So we need to look at ways in which we can teach others to thrive. And if we can't do that in our school system, which it seems is very difficult in the mainstream schooling sector we can at least at least teach people after that when they come into adulthood that they can live lives of meaning and purpose and and giving you know that it's it's not about altruism it's not about um giving everything away for free it's actually about giving value to others which they'll be happy to pay for and want to uh give back and that is what i'm doing in my business and I am noticing the changes very much from being scared, too scared to spend money on advertising, for instance, or it started with being too scared to charge people for what I do. um, And I had to really get over that first hurdle. Then, Then it was the marketing hurdle and delegation, which is also is teaching me a lot at the moment, giving away what I don't want to do, what it's not in my best interest to be involved in. And now expanding into this advertising space where I'm actually reaching people who've never heard of me Um, but are hopefully uh, my ideal client. They're people that really want to work at this level. So uh, that's what I gleaned um, from the beginning part of his talk. And I I thought it was really interesting. Um, He was talking about uh, impulsive and compulsive behaviors being linked to kind of these polarities that we're being presented with in daily life. So, um, the media have a lot to answer for in that. The, the mass media, not social media so much, although that thrives on it, too. But mass media tends to show you huge polarities. And just to give you an example, um, you know, we're either in a terrific drought situation or we're in a deluge, you know, uh, we're we're either in um, a total... Um, Uh, financial insecurity, or we are overwhelmed with messages of how to kind of achieve uh, being a millionaire and how how much you can buy. And and we have those polarities. And most of us are somewhere in the middle. Um, But these are addictive. Uh, These polarities are addictive, and they drive division as well in society, that that we either have to be one thing or the other, and there's no middle ground. Uh, because it's basically inserting other people's values into your into your life you know this ideal that you either have to be rich and famous uh which a lot of kids grow up the idea that that's the only way to be kind of free um whereas actually they can find meaning we can all find meaning in in daily life you know in in serving and giving and being in um harmony with our with our highest ideals and and so um He's saying um, a lot of people are are extrinsically um, focused, you know, what other people tell them to do rather than what intrinsically they understand about themselves. When you come into congruence with your own intrinsic self and you're operating from that level, life becomes easier, can I just say. It's not actually something. It's not like climbing the mountain; and you get to the top and then you're looking down on everyone. You actually find you can just gently row the boat, as it were, down through life, and life gets easier. And that's why I completely agree with what he's saying there. Um, making the your values your highest priority in your life and in your actions will give you success as a feedback. Um, where it gives you challenges, you which is inevitable in life, if you are outside of the, uh, the polarity of good and bad or good and evil, you will understand that challenges are part of life and they're simply feedback from the system. And people who are successful will read that as feedback, not failure. So that was another important um, lesson that I've learned and one that which he was talking about. And he also said the brain is a highest value seeking organ. Now, I I always say the brain is a pattern matching organ, all right, which is is how I see the brain. You know, it's looking for patterns, it's looking for what it needs to match to. But if it's also matching to your value, the highest value that you have in your life, if you know it, um, then you will be acting according to those and you'll be inhibiting your fear and uh, contraction of your kind of your your amygdala your limbic brain and you'll be operating efficiently for the first time in your life and not sabotaging yourself so this authentic living is really it's it's profound but it's also it's easier it's better um, if you can find it and it takes away all the stress out of the body um, and stress is a very important component because we have two forms of stress. We have e-stress and distress. Eustress is good stress. So if I said to you, you know, you've got a holiday booked, um, you would have a certain amount of stress about getting ready for the holiday and packing and all of that. But you would still have this buzz and this high because it's a good stress because, you know, you're going to love what you do. If I said to you, you've got to take an exam tomorrow, for which you've not had any time to revise, that would be distress. You know, it would be a stress that's quite negatively impacting your body. And that changes your physiology. Um, you come into kind of uh, fight and flight instead of kind of rest and digest or repair mode. So this isn't just about solving your psychological issues. It's actually making your body work well and allowing aging to be kind of um, slowed down aging is a fact factor of the amount of stress most of it unconscious that you're under um so you're you're assigning priority to the things that have the highest value in your life you're reducing your distress which can be read as depression or inflammation however you want to look at that um, and you're living by uh your highest priority which is going to be a you stress a eu stress and and then you're not living in an unfulfilled way but you're allowing yourself to work according to what's what's highest in your set of values and another thing he said which i wrote down um it liberates us from mediocrity oh, i love that um you know i think a lot of us particularly in the healing profession can want to stay small we can want to just get on and do what we do and stay behind, you know, the 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 wire, as it were, and not stick our necks above and make too much of a, a noise about who we are and what we do. Because at one level, we're afraid of success. Uh, we're also terrified of failure. Um, but I think understanding that 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 is a is kind of a way of keeping safe. It's understandable, but it will only ever lead to a sense of being you're okay you're mediocre but you're never standing out and saying well this is what i do this is what inspires me this is what i love this is what i know and i'm teaching this in order to inspire others so that they can learn that they can do what they also wish and what they love so um it is a way of moving beyond those uh limitations an individual on a mission is not easily disheartened he said and i thought yes we can see that can't we with people who have this kind of personal power they are driven to achieve certain things because it's coming from within it's a light from within rather than you know you're doing it to gain money or attention or or power um and and i think that does cross over into being financially independent as well and john talked (laughs) told a very funny story about how most people are Uh, if they were given a lot of money suddenly, what would they do with it? And he was saying that most people would spend 20 to 80% of it within the first minute, uh, kind of if they planned it and were writing it down in a minute, they could get rid of uh, a large proportion of the money they were suddenly given. And I was thinking, what would I answer to that? Now, I've been investing recently in in cryptocurrency, which is a very... um, It's a wild west. It's very uncertain. It's very risky, but it's very playful. It's very exciting. Um, I haven't put vast amounts in just a little bit here and there. But I am really aware that a lot of people are driven by this need and this desire to be financially independent. But the way they see that is purely in terms of how much money they've got and financial independence, like any other um, state, is not all about one thing. It's about your mindset. It's about, actually what are you going to create that gives value to the world with the money you have and one of the first things I said in a a forum that I belong to where everyone's going on about pictures of Lamborghinis and you know a house by the coast and this is all that you could gather you know accumulate if you invest in this particular product and I was like surely we can do better with the money that we have than just purchase goods that instantly devalue which is what John was saying and I was like yes I agree with you Surely the people that give most value to the world know how to use money in a way that is philanthropic, um, that gives back more value and builds more capacity. And and that, I thought, was um, just something that I really resonated with. It's how you manage what you make. Um, It's not about hoarding or holding on to stuff because you have this fear that you're going to lose it because that in itself is a negative kind of system that you're running. Um, We need a shift in values uh, to have a shift in life. I think that's where I'll end on this one. Um, I've got lots more to say on this, but I am aware that people won't want to listen for like an hour as they would perhaps to John. But um, I want to talk next time about uh, maybe finding your calling, finding what works for you and how to transcend your limitations as they are all based on fear. Thanks so much for listening. Take care. Bye for now. Hey, hope you enjoyed listening to Rebel Health Radio. Do subscribe and look forward to catching you soon.